All right, everybody, welcome. You are listening to the Minding Mind podcast, where we live life with ease, connection, and permission to just be. I'm your host, Evelyn Lavasser. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I get to sit down with Anu Raja, and we're going to be talking all about building generational wealth through sales. And I can't wait for you to hear more. Anu is a business coach for women of color coaches and someone who has actually been instrumental in me claiming the depth of my identity. She set me on this incredible journey of just owning all of me. I don't even know if she knows that. By doing these exercises in self-concept that really like blew my mind and changed the trajectory of how I would take my business, how I would take my coaching, and how I would live so before we get into this bomb-ass conversation, because you know what's about to be, I'm going to allow Anu to introduce herself, and then we'll get started. So Anu, whenever you're ready, tell <laughs> people all about you. And you just kissed my heart. Oh my God, I didn't know that. I, I really didn't know that, and it made me so happy, and you saw my big-ass smile on my <laughs> face. But hey, friends, my name is Anu, and I'm a business coach for Women of Color Coaches, and I teach coaches, consultants all around the world how to create sales in their coaching business through actually finding themselves healing in a child and actually believing that sales is simple to make. Because when you do all the other stuff like mindset-wise, strategy-wise, sales is actually very simple to create in your coaching business. A little bit of background. I'm a South Asian woman. So my parents are immigrants from Sri Lanka. They flew the and my dad came 1980s to Germany, but I'm actually born in Germany. So yeah, that's a little bit of background. I love it. I love it. I love it. So tell me, okay, now it's funny because our lives were a little bit parallel because you used to be a fitness coach as well, right? Yes. <laughs> so how did you go from being into fitness to then telling yourself like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You got into like sales and coaching. Like, what did that look like? Oh my God. So why I started, first of all, as a fitness coach, I had a bad breakup, like a bad breakup. And that like that actually hurted my confidence. I wasn't confident at all. And my siblings, they were then like, okay, you know what? Just come with me, like come with us to the gym. Like just see how it actually fits for you if you like it. And that's actually how my fitness journey started. So after a while, I saw the immense confidence in myself. I saw how my body was changing. I saw how strong I was getting. And people in the gym asked me, Anu, how are you doing that? What is actually going on with you? Like from, like, I don't know the time period, but there was a time where I was the only woman in the gym who was lifting heavy weights and doing like heavy. But also I was actually at the time a student. So in that time period when my enthusiasm to fitness was growing, I was watching a lot of fitness influencers and I kind of wanted to have that lifestyle as well. I wanted to have freedom. I wanted to have location freedom. Back then I wanted to be an influencer being sponsored by all those brands, yeah. <laughs> you know, travel around and being getting paid. I was like, okay, that's kind of like the lifestyle I want. And I always had this mindset, if she can do it, I can do it too. So that's how I started to build a community on Instagram. And then 
woman actually messaged me, hey, how are you actually uh, doing this in the fitness? Should I actually focus on nutrition or should I actually focus on doing squats? And that's how I actually got into fitness coaching. And after a while, I think it was almost two years, um, I started to feel inside of me that I was meant for more, especially when I started my uh, fitness coaching business in 2018, I didn't feel represented in the industry. I was looking for evidence that I can make it as a South Asian woman in the coaching industry, because most of the time, what I was seeing back then was white men. I mean, my first coach was a white man. And I wanted to be a representation for other South Asian women, or especially women of color, that if I can do it, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And that's how my whole journey started. So how did you kind of figure out like the ins and outs of going from fitness to going into business? Did you instantly say like, I want somebody to guide me. I need a coach in this area. Or did you start trying to figure it out on your own before you got cleared there? Like, what did you do? Oh my God, that was actually a decision that took me months to actually implement. So I built the fitness coaching business and then I was, you know, I was in a coaching, in a mentorship before and I saw what you need to do. I saw how they are actually guiding their clients. But when I wanted to switch from fitness to business, there was a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of stuff in my mind. Am I good enough? Like I didn't hit six figures with my fitness business. I didn't. And I was ashamed of that. I was like, how can I actually turn from fitness into business if I didn't even hit 100K with my fitness business? Mm-hmm. You know, but I made money. I changed people's life. I made uh, multiple five figures. And I was like, okay, it's okay if I didn't hit six figures with my fitness business, but I changed people's life. Mm-hmm. I know how to do that. I have a degree in business. I worked as a digital marketer in a tech company and I was having all these evidence, but still my brain was like, are you good enough? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will actually people pay you? Because you didn't hit six figures in your fitness business. But then I came to uh, another coach and she was actually looking over my Instagram and she was like, hey, you are consistent. What you are posting is great. Let me help you to actually uh, launch your business coaching program. And that's how I actually got into it. You know, I love that because there's it's like there's so many things that we define ourselves by. Right. Like, you know how women we're kind of programmed to think we have to look a certain way and, and fit a certain mold and do certain things. But then also you get into the coaching space and all of a sudden there's this idea in your mind and I don't know where it comes from that you're not successful until you hit that six figure mark. Exactly. Why is it that we can say lives have been changed. People left being with me and they're better for it, but I'm not successful because I didn't hit six figure. Where did that number even come from? Exactly. I don't know. I think because people in the industry, especially others, successful people say like, oh, how can you actually be a business coach if you didn't even hit six figures? You know, I feel like it comes from that. But I see it like if that is my passion and I want to be a representation for other women of color coach and I did that for myself and I helped other clients to do it, it's actually my legacy to own it or not legacy, but I should be confident in how I am helping my people and that I can help my people in an ethical and in a good way, 
not in a manipulative way, not like, oh my God, lying that I hit six figures in my fitness business. And that's why I'm transitioning into business coaching. I love it. So when you and I work together, right? In my mind, I thought what I needed was a clear message, right? And and I think that was part of the work. But what I also recognize more than anything else is that your business, your life, your relationships, everything about you can only grow to the extent that you're willing to accept who you are and what you believe is possible for yourself. So for me, yes, I'm a wellness coach, but my specialty is an identity. And I recognize that for other people only because you helped me recognize that for myself. And it was like through the small activity of doing the self-concept work, you had me write out like my limiting beliefs and then reframe them to be affirmations. And then I took those affirmations and I wrote out like, a manifesto to myself. And I went as far as to record it on a voice note and listen to myself say the words to myself every morning and every night. And it was like, obviously there's more work that goes into it, you know, reading podcasts, everything that you're putting in your head, every, every feeding yourself is not just about food, right? Like I was feeding my soul for a long time. Um, but I'm, I just recognize so much that the women that I work with, feel lost. Mm -hmm. They feel ignored. They feel irrelevant. They feel like they have to take care of everybody else. And I just keep coming back to one thing. Like none of us are lost. We're just buried under a bunch of other people's bullshit. So, right. Like that identity work for me is removing all those layers of things that aren't even ours and owning who we actually are and what we actually desire without guilt or judgment. And I feel like you do a lot of that too in your work. Yes, I do. Tell me about like, how does that fit in? How does that like self-concept play into building your business and being able to actually scale it and grow to, to, you know, however you want to grow, not just six figures, however you want to grow. Oh, I love this question. Okay, so the self-concept work started when I had my spiritual awakening mm -hmm. because there was a point in my life I was hustling. I was straight after a new strategy. I was running after strategy. I was like, okay, this is not working. This is not actually getting me consistent leads, clients, results. I'm not happy. What's actually going on? And when I had my spiritual awakening, and you know, the funny thing is the spiritual awakening actually came because of a relationship, you know, that hit my face and then the business hit my face. I was literally, I don't know, I was, I was on the ground. I was even under the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and in that period, I was like, okay, I need to work on myself. And when I started to focus on me, the business was aside. I wasn't even looking at the business. I wasn't looking at other people. I wasn't looking at nothing but only on me that's when the self-concept work started to actually help me to see who I am inside of me which actually translated into my business mm. so I know a lot of women of color coaches like I know as a female entrepreneur we are we want to be successful and how you said it we want to hear a certain number in a certain period in order to identify or in order to say we are successful. I am good enough. I am worthy enough of these results, right? But 
if you don't know who you are inside of you <clears throat> and you define yourself that this is success, when you hit that, you won't even feel successful. You will feel like, okay, <clears throat> it's like, okay, I hit another milestone. Now what? I need to hit uh, the next milestone in order to feel successful. But if you do the inner work, if you feel like you are whole inside of you, if you are feeling happy with everything that you are having, the milestone is just another milestone. And you won't be dependent on the milestone to feel happy, to mm -hmm. feel whole, to feel like I actually am good enough, to feel like I am worthy enough. So, so true. And <laughs> I realized Instead of giving my clients only strategies, I know clients come to me, they want to have better strategies. And trust me, strategy and having a plan is important. Like you are running a business without that, it's like you are throwing spaghetti on the wall. So strategy is important, but 80% of being a CEO, of being a business owner is everything about your mindset. Mm -hmm. It's everything about you are believing. Mm -hmm. If you believe <clears throat> that your offer isn't good enough, you won't sell, you won't market, you will always hold yourself back, you will always compare your offer to another one, you will always have this fear, imposter syndrome, you will think that, I don't know, that competitors are stealing your uh, clients. So when you work on your belief system, you will show up different. Mm -hmm. And that's how I included self-concept or identity work, however you name it, into my coaching, because I love to see at the end of our coaching container who you became as a person. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I guess I want you to make money. I want you to see the sales. I want you to make your investment back. I want you to double your revenue. That will come. But if you tell me as a client that I changed who you are as a person and you became a better version, you became your higher self. Yeah, I'm flying. That's it right there. Like it's same thing with me. Like women will always say like, I really want to lose 20, 30 pounds or whatever it is. And it's like at the end of our container, not one, not client that I have is talking about their scale. No one. They're talking about their confidence. They're talking about how they show up different with their husbands. They're talking about how they're a different parent. They're talking about how they feel comfortable no matter where they are, no matter who's around. They're just comfortable right so that even like when you're talking about that how we said you, you identify with that six figures as successful I feel like we do that in every area of our life like when people have kids who are well behaved mm -hmm. they don't look at the kids as their own people they look at them as a judgment of themselves if my kids are well behaved if they're getting good grades in school then that means I'm a good mom People say to me, oh my gosh, you've been married. Wait a minute. I've been married 19 years. Mm -hmm. 19, it'll be 19 years this summer. Oh, <laughs> you're so lucky. That's amazing. You're so lucky. Nobody asks me if I'm happily married. To them, it's like a success that you stayed together. But mm -hmm. nobody asks, are you fulfilled? Mm -hmm. Are you connected? Mm -hmm. Is your relationship strong? No, it's just about the time. Oh, so that's success. Staying together is success. Having kids who are well-behaved is success. Hitting six figures is success. But all of those things keep you chasing validation from the outside. Exactly. So if my kid fails in school, I'm a bad mother. If my relationship doesn't work out, I'm an unworthy woman. If my business doesn't hit six figures, I'm a failure as a coach. Right? This is a good one. 
all of that stuff is external validation when the truth is if if you really root yourself in your own identity none of that shit matters no my kids could fail in school and i will tell myself that is their journey that is their path i am here to guide them and help them learn for themselves if my marriage doesn't work out i would be heartbroken but I would be okay because without Armand, I'm still Evelyn. Mm -hmm. My business is not at six figures. It doesn't matter. I'm impacting women all over the world. I don't care. I don't care, right? So that I feel like that's the difference of defining yourself by things that other people have told us are the goal or the measure, but or actually knowing like who the fuck you are. And as long as you don't know who you are, and you don't work on your self-concept, on those belief systems, you will always seek out for external validation. Every time. Always. You will run after the next certifications because you don't feel good enough to sell. You don't feel good enough for, you know, making money. I have clients like they don't want to raise their prices because like they felt like they are not good enough to raise their price. They're like, I need to serve everybody. No boo-boo. <laughs> you can't serve everybody on the world. That's what your free content is doing. Like when we talk about business now, like your free content serves everybody, but your paid content should serve the one who are paying you. Yeah. And you need to ask money for that. How else are you going to eat? How else are you going to actually buy groceries? Right. You, you can't pay your mortgage with hugs and kisses. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you gotta make some money. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So tell me when you feel like when you... When you start seeing that your clients embrace this mm -hmm. like self-concept and identity work, how do you feel like they show up different in business? They are more confident. They are so certain, like you can feel the energy shift in inside of them, how they are actually marketing their offer. Mm -hmm. And it actually starts in the delivery. Like if you are a good coach and you are delivering like and your clients are getting results the delivering is perfect like when you do the inner work and you are starting to believe that you are good enough and you start to believe that the work you are doing is good enough you are actually marketing the offer in a way that I don't know I, I cannot even describe like it feels like you can talk about it all day every day and because of that you will sell better because of that, your clients are also, they they get the energy, they get the vibe. You know that there is a saying that says, even if it is online, even if the person is not in front of you, they can wipe the energy. They can feel the energy. If you are confident, do you believe? Like, do you believe in your offer? Are you convicted? Like, if you are selling a four-figure offer and you don't believe that you can get your clients the results, I can feel that. I can feel that. So why should I actually invest in you? That's the question your clients are asking if you are not convicted about your own offer. And that energy, let's say you are not convicted that you get your clients the results, it will get on a sales call. You get on a sales call, you are like, mm, yeah, I'm high, what's good? Like that's that's a whole different energy. But if you are, if you believe in your offer and you believe in yourself, you are high energy. And high energy doesn't mean like, for example, my high energy, you know me, Evelyn. I'm like, hey, what's good? You know, but that's not high energy. That's not, not everybody has the same energy, right? Everyone shows their high energy in a different level, but still people can feel your energy if you believe in your offer. 
if you believe that I should pay you or I shouldn't pay you four figures. I had someone say to me recently, when you talk about that energy, I had someone say to me recently, every time I speak to you, I feel myself peel off another layer and I get to just be. And I'm like, that's exactly what you're talking about. It's that energy. It's, it's the that, safe space. Yes. It's that I am so comfortable with who I am that I have no judgment for who you are. Therefore, we get to just exist without a mask, without trying to be something that we're not, without trying to like, listen, I I have had calls with you where I'm like dressed and done up and doing my recordings or whatever. I've had calls with you where I'm like, in pajamas and my hair in a bun <laughs> and no makeup on, right? And either way, like I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just comfortable. And when it comes to say it, when you be, like when you were like work on yourself and you believe that no matter what you will get the clients, you are detached from the outcome. And this is so important, Evelyn. Like I was so attached. It like as everyone, I was attached to the outcome. I was like putting in the work. Where's my sale? Okay, I got the sales call. Let me close them. Oh, I didn't close the sales call. Oh my God, I'm not good enough. What was wrong? I'm I'm a bad coach. And that was the ever cycle, right? But if you work on yourself, you know that your offer is good enough. You are detached from the outcome means you can let the other person be who they are mm -hmm. and create the safe space because you are certain that you will close them without pushy or without pushy sales marketing, without like just be your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And this is what I want to give to my clients. Be Just be your authentic self. Show who you are and your values, who you are, your experiences. The person you are will attract the right people to you. And you don't want to work with everyone because not all money is good money. <laughs> you should always choose clients wisely because not everyone should be in your container, especially in your proximity container. Mm -hmm. Especially when you are like, people think that coaching, I think some people believe that coaching is like unnecessary. It is a thing of privilege almost, mm -hmm. but Definitely. coaching is, you have to hold a lot of like mental and emotional space for people. Mm -hmm. You give a lot of your time and energy into mm -hmm. it. And if you're not if you're not fully aligned and centered and grounded, then it's heavy. It can get very heavy. So, yeah, I mean, I think the identity work is about preserving yourself so that you could show up best, but also knowing that you have to discern who's in your vicinity because not everybody is coming to like, not any, not just anybody is coming to sit in my space. Not anybody is hopping on a call and, and, and sucking the life out of my energy. No, ma'am. <laughs> No, thank you. No, life is too beautiful. Okay, mm -hmm. life is too beautiful. Yeah, that's it's like, you know, back then I ex like not I experienced, but I saw how people were getting all the clients, you know. But then they also complained how people are asking for refunds or people are not showing up or people are complaining. And Evelyn, I never experienced that, and I am grateful for it. But I feel like I never attracted a client who wanted to just see how it is, mm -hmm. who actually took all my energy, who wanted to have refund, like never. And I really questioned that. Like I, I was like, what did I do that I never experienced these type of clients? And 
I think it's really because I never accepted just because of the money. Mm -hmm. I was more looking, is this person going to succeed in my coaching offer? Mm -hmm. Are they are they aware enough to know that this is a coaching program where you also have to put in the work? Like I am your coach. I give you the strategies. I work with you in a certain level where I can give you like, okay, this is like consulting, you know, like giving you the steps, but still it's your business. You have to show up. I think too, if like people could look at it as even if somebody asked for their money back, even if somebody was like a, a difficult client to work with, every single situation you're put in is really just a mirror. Like, so then what is it that I need to do better for next time? What is it that I need to do different? Like, I've never had somebody ask for a refund, but I did have one client. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the tea. Tea time, y'all. We're going to call it coffee time, but it's tea time. She would, we had a weekly standing appointment. And like, I knew from our very first call, our intake went well. You know, the the application looked great. We had our first call. We seemed very aligned. She seemed ready to do some deep work. We have our first call. She's in the car. She keeps checking her phone. She keeps looking at the time and I got a bad feeling where I was like, ooh, very early I knew that she wasn't committed. She was very distracted. She canceled our next meeting. She canceled our third meeting. So I reached out to her and that's when I recognized like, oh, this is a boundary issue for me. I was not clear on my boundaries. So I reached out to her and I said, listen, this is what I'm seeing. And exactly what I said to you, you seem very distracted on our first call. You canceled our next two calls. I want to be clear to you that you will only get results if you put the work in. I am your guide. I am not responsible for your results. So I'm going to throw the ball to you. The ball is now in your court. I want you to decide, is this something that you're fully committed to? Or is this something that you don't want to pursue anymore? Because otherwise, there's no way that I can help you if you have one foot out the door. And I feel like that conversation kind of struck something in her where she was like, oh my God, you're right. I'm like self-sabotaging. And I'm like, 100%, that's what you're doing. Let me know what you want to do about that. And we were able to pick it up from there. But those first three calls, I could have just sat there and been annoyed and pointing fingers at her. But I instantly had to say like, Evelyn, you did not set any clear boundaries. You did not set clear expectations for what these calls were going to be like and the work that she was going to have to do mentally and emotionally, right? That's a you issue. Now be clear and see what happens. So I feel like, and even when you said you talked about kind of being thrown into working out at the gym because of a relationship, right? Like a bad breakup. And I feel like your relationships your relationships will always bring out the part of you that you need to work on. Because let me tell you, my husband is like, oh, he gets on my nerves sometimes. Like, I love that guy and I want to hug him and kiss him. And sometimes I want to put on gloves and fight him, right? But it is also things that trigger me about his behavior are a me issue. Evelyn, why did that trigger you? Evelyn, why are you reacting this way right now? Evelyn, what is it that you need that you are not receiving? Evelyn, why are you putting it on him? Figure it out, girl. And then talk to him from a clear head. It's so amazing that you say that triggers are there to actually show you what you need to work on yourself, not on the partner. 
That's it. On yourself. First of all, I also want to say because of this one client, it's good that you set the boundary. You also don't want to, in a, in a coaching relationship, you don't want to create a codependency relationship with your clients, right? Where you are deciding for them. What you did is so good because you put them into action and you ask them, what do you want to do? What's your decision? This is your life. This is your life. You have to decide. I won't decide. And this is good as a coach because we don't want to decide for our clients because then they would depend on us. Just imagine for every single small step, they are coming to you. What should I do? What should I do? And you are telling them, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. Instead of actually asking them, what do you want to do? What does your soul want to do? So phenomenal, Evelyn, phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think that I take that, I, I could take that approach because my old coach and she, I actually coached for her, Jill Coleman said something on a call once that really stuck with me. She said, you have to take your work very seriously, but you cannot take it personally. Like if you take everybody's results as your responsibility mm. and you remove the responsibility from them, you actually make their life about you. So really, Anu, I'm telling you, like, if I coach you, your life is going to be better and it's my responsibility. That doesn't make any sense. Then then I am the main character in your story. No, I have to know that my work is important. My work is valuable. But my ultimate responsibility is to empower you to choose for you. The rest is none of my business. That's it. Mic drop, people. Mic drop. All right, ma'am, we could talk all day long. I know because we do that very often. But tell me a little bit about what is it that you're working on? Mm -hmm. And how can people reach out to you? How could they work with you if they were interested? All the things. Okay, uh, just uh, uh, the last words I want to say. So if you are a woman of color coach or female entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. Uh, SAIDS is truly a spiritual journey. This is something I wanted to say. The more you work on yourself, the quicker the SAIDS will come, the quicker you would detach from the outcome. You will show up differently so that it will pay off. It will, it will, it will pay off. Okay. Like you have to plant the seeds and the fruits will come for sure. Have a lot of faith. One thing I say lately is the most vulnerable thing I did in my life is really starting a business because I see how much I'm growing. I see how much I have to go deep, like deep into the healing season. Like I know when I started or in the early stages, it was surface level. You know, I knew the words healing. I know, oh my God, I am self-sabotaging. But the work I am doing now is so different. It's so, I don't know. Sometimes Evelyn, I cry. Yeah. <laughs> I cry out of nowhere. I'm like, why am I crying? You know, like in a child healing and generational traumas, like breaking them. It's, it's a lot. But I'm so grateful because I know because I started my business and because I'm vulnerable about that, I can actually really heal from, oh, from inside out. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's the most beautiful thing about it all is being able to say like, I'm healed, not I'm healed. Like you're never done. Right. No. Like no. I'm healing from the inside out. And it's just like to be you, right. To be you and accept you and to know you and to love you. Like other people can't help, but to feel good in your presence. Right. Like that's the thing about being 
about being a human being that wants to impact other people. You have to be comfortable with you so that other women can rise with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not competing. We're not arguing. There's space for all of us. We can all be successful, but the things that you want the most are only available when, when you're ready to see you. Because if you don't do that self-concept work, right, like maybe you could hit your six figures in your business. Maybe you are, you know, maybe maybe your bank account is over flooded. Great. If you're unhappy and self-conscious and uncomfortable and attracting people who stab you in the back in your life is still a self-concept issue. It's still an identity issue. And, you know, at the end of the day, all we want is actually love yeah. and, and feeling whole. You know, I know I started this business because I never wanted to be broke again. You know, as a student, I was broke. Like, yes, like, for example, my family, we are not poor, but it was mediocre, you know, like growing up, yeah. finances were, were here and there, always hearing, oh, my God, money is not growing on trees. What are you actually thinking, Anu? <laughs> and I put that into my mind. Okay, I actually want to make so much money that I don't have to think about it. But now it's more like I want to enjoy my freedom. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to run this business. I know one day I want to be a mom just like you. I know that I want to enjoy this freedom, be a stay-at-home mom, being able to raise my kids, not actually worry about I have to drive, I don't know, one hour to my work. Like freedom, it's, it's actually freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and ease and flow and like ease. not easy it's not no. easy it's just no. you have ease in your day like to wake up softly and to be able to fit in your workouts and to read and to meditate like people think that those things are extra but I think those are the necessities like there's not going to be a day where I don't do something to care for myself it's not going to happen. The same way I brush my teeth and the same way I eat, I'm going to do something that takes care of me, reading, meditating, walking, working out, whatever it is. It's it's that shift in, I deserve it, that makes everything else different. Yes, you deserve it. Yes, you are worthy. That's it. Evelyn, this was a good conversation. So good. So good. All right. Tell my people, where can we find you? Okay, so I am consistent with my email community. The community is called the Generational Wealth Builders. So join the community, learn everything about sales, building your business, growing your one-on-one coaching, and then transitioning into group. Also a lot of mindset and self-concept work. So I will give you the uh, link so you can actually put it in the show notes, right? They'll all be in the show notes. They'll know how to reach out to you so they can find you. I think you're mostly on Instagram, right? Exactly. Okay, so they can find you on Instagram. We'll link your Facebook too, just to be sure. We're going to link your email sign-up list. Or um, you can actually DM me a newsletter so that I can send you the link. Perfect. Or DM the word newsletter for the link. Before you go, I have one question that I ask all my guests. Okay. My question is, in the Minding Mind community, we are all about minding your business, meaning, not, not, not being nosy, but meaning to go in, to connect with your intuition to focus on your instincts, mind yours. How do you feel that minding yours is changing the legacy that you can leave? Being intuitive, following your instincts, falling in love with you, how does that change the legacy that you can leave? That I'm not in a rush. Separation is an illusion. 
separation is an illusion. I know that I already, for example, how can I how can I go deep into that without actually keeping it too long? But rushing it, you know, mm -hmm. rushing to hit the seven figures. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. But if I love myself, if I know that I don't separate myself from the goals I have, from the universe, from God, I don't have to rush, right? Mm -hmm. So, So do you feel like you're ultimate legacy is one that's rooted in trust and faith that's it that's it believe in yourself one thing i want to say believe in yourself mm -hmm. because if i can do it you can do it too mm -hmm. and it's I, not like yeah it's not like god chooses or picks people to be successful and to say other people cannot it's just if you believe in that you can do it mm -hmm. work on your self-concept <laughs> Ultimately, what you believe is your reality. Exactly. Right. You you will make, if you say I'm, I, I'll never be successful, guess what? You're right. If you say it is mine, then it is. It is. I love it. Everything is mindset. Everything is self-concept. Yes. Mic yes. drop. Mic drop. End of story. All right, folks. This was so good as I expected, as I expected. All right. So I just want to say thank you to Anu. Thank you to everybody for joining in today. Thank you for listening to another episode of Minding Mind. If this episode resonated with you, remember to either comment, rate, and review. Your feedback always helps me grow. And until next time, everyone, go live your life on your terms and please mind your business. We will catch you in the next episode.